Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Uh, let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, Alyssa PR, to talk about the latest in politics. Uh, your thoughts on what has happened here, what has transpired, the changing of the finance minister, and then the prorogation of government, which could very well lead to an election. It shocks me. Like, if there isn't anything that has shocked me so far, this this move really does. You know, when you talk about Bill Morneau resigning and moving Christian Freeland, and then, you know, so therefore Morneau's riding in Toronto Centre becomes available this is all orchestrated, Scott. Like, yet the, by the time that you and I hear about these things, mm-hmm. the deals have been made and the deals are done. So why now? Well, well, right now, first of all, we had talked, and one of the things when we talked about the We Charity was going to be who was going to be the scapegoat in all of this. And we know that Trudeau is Teflon. Nothing touches him. Nothing sticks to him. Not blackface, not SNC-Lavalin, not running around India in costumes, nothing. And neither was this We Charity thing going to stick to him either. And the one way for it not to stick to him is to have the one person who made the most serious transgression aside from himself, have him leave. And that was going to be Bill Morneau. And we had talked about this, and you, and at the time you thought, you know what, you're, you're probably right. So that has transpired. But to be sure, Bill Morneau was not going to leave without some place to go. Because you have to understand, he has had a very long and storied and successful career before he became finance minister. So his apology, or his resignation, I shouldn't say apology, his resignation and the words that he was going to use were of utmost importance because it had to show transition, it had to show upward mobility, and it had to show, listen, I did a great job, we've done a great job for Canadians, and now I'm on to something else. So to be sure, he says he's throwing his hat into the ring to be Secretary General at the OECD. My, If I was a betting woman... Scott, I would say that that, is, that job is already a fait accompli. Hmm. So how will this resonate with Canadians, uh, especially as everyone's feeling the anxiety of back to school and no well, one's in charge? You know, I don't often agree with Andrew Scheer when he called Trudeau spineless, but I have to say at a time when anxiety is ramping up to at an all-time high, especially as parents send back their kids and for who knows how long, you know, you need some reassurances, and it looks like we'll be getting that from our premier. And Doug Ford's been doing a, listen, he's had his ups and downs, but he's been doing a great job in, in being there for Ontarians. I don't think that I can say the same thing for Justin Trudeau. So the fact that you want to hit a reset might be strategically a good thing to do, um, especially if you think you're going to undergo a non-confidence vote, and maybe by putting air in between uh, now and then, that won't happen. I don't know. But I think that Canadians, they'll take a very, very quick but deep hit of disappointment by Canadians that, you know, our prime minister and our representatives are effectively abandoning us. Will Canadians view this as a selfish act, something that should not be done during a pandemic? I think initially they will. I'm I'm having a hard time trying to see two sides or even three sides to this story. I mean, I see one side and I see, you know, why they wanted to prorogue, but I can't see the benefit of it to Canadians other than saying, you know, we're going to take a step back. We'll still be working for you, I guess. And we will, you know, have a, a restart, a fresh restart in October. So I guess they're thinking, you know, let back to school happen. And when, you know, flu season starts to hit, which really isn't until late October, really not until November, I think that they find that they might have some breathing room. 
and that the opposition may think that, you know what, we're getting into what might be an even worse part of the pandemic, which we have not yet experienced, which is winter, maybe it will not be a good idea to call an election. So you buy time until October, and then maybe that um, snap election will not happen. As it is, there's two by-elections that the Liberals have in Toronto uh, right now. So it's not like they're completely out of the woods. Um, in the end, could this all backfire? Because obviously uh, they're, they're regrouping, they're retreating, they're forming a plan, then they're going to throw it in front of the opposition and say, hey, you support this. Uh, this is what we think you, we should be doing moving forward. And if you don't, it is you that is calling the election, not us. So is he trying to push the onus on the opposition to call the election as opposed to uh, just admitting where he's going with this with this journey? I suppose so. And could this, to answer your question, could this backfire? I, said, listen, I would say to you, listen, any strategy has 20% uh, worry to it, maybe more. But the baseline has got about 20%. So if I'm doing a media relations campaign with a client and they go, well, could this go sideways? Or, well, listen, there's 20% reason not to do anything. But I don't think that they were in the position uh, right now. And when you think about everything coming down on their heads, so they've got a finance minister leaving. Uh, Christian Freeland is effectively minister of everything right now. She's running the country. The capacity for this woman is huge. I mean, I hope her staff is huge. And I hope she has good people around her. That's all I can say. So if Trudeau decides that he is not going to run again, here we have a very able and likable candidate that Canadians who are liberals or are seeking a great, uh, a new fresh face would probably rally around. That's the first thing. The second thing about why this might backfire is going to be the speculated strength of the Conservative Party's new leader. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who that's going to be, but it's going to be soon. And if you prorogue, you really take the air out of your opposition, because while there's a new leader, there's no real platform or ongoing parliament for them to hammer away on. Because right now, the liberals have had this honeymoon period where there's been no conservative leader. And are they listening to Jagmeet Singh from the NDP? Maybe. Sometimes he has some good points, but he doesn't have that same sort of clout. So conservatives get a new leader, take the wind out of their sails for a month so they can't hammer away on issues that aren't in the news, or they'll do the best they can, and then restart again in October. So do you follow the thinking here? So it makes a lot of sense if you're inside politics. On the other hand, uh, okay, so there's no issues for uh, front and center to haggle about, but there is, hey, by the way, where are you? We're in the middle of a pandemic, uh, and here you are retreating back to Rideau Cottage. There's the 20%. You know, there's the part that you're going to have to answer to, and that's never going away. So if you look at the whole uh, strategy in a continuum, you think, well, what are you going to have to put up with? And this is the part that he's going to put up with. And he'll have messaging to explain it away, because Trudeau always does. And we'll see if Canadians buy that or they don't, or whether they are starting to rally behind a new conservative uh, candidate. But then you also have to look at, well, how much have the conservatives changed? Are they still sticking their heads in the sand over immigration, over poor choice? There are some issues that the conservatives just cannot get themselves around. So strategically, it makes sense. But for Canadians, I don't know. Okay, so at the end, feel a little lost. At the end of the day, can the liberals just say, you know what? But look, we got Christia Freeland. She's here, 
and she's great enough to make us all forget about all of this. Well, it's the I first woman that. finance minister. There's so many boxes being checked off here. This will just eliminate the wee scandal and everything else from the from the front pages. 110% correct. And, you know, Christian Freeland has been on the Bill Maher show on HBO. And if you've ever watched Politically Incorrect before, you know who I'm talking about. And he is a fearsome interviewer. And I tend to think is, I know this is very simplistic, Scott, but if you can go toe-to-toe with Bill Maher, you can just about go toe-to-toe with anybody. Where do you see this going in the next little while? What do you you see happening, especially as we approach the school year and there's parliaments not sitting? The lights are out. Well, I think that we're going to be worried about other issues. And one of the other issues is uh, our kids. How long will they be in school? I don't think there's any objection by a lot of people, the majority of people who want their kids back in school. And I think that we're going to concentrate on those protocols that have helped keep the curve flat across this country. We'll probably see some, you know, hills and valleys as we go along. I don't think that there's going to be, at least the experts that I'm talking to, don't think there's going to be some full-blown second wave, but we'll see. And we are continuing to fly this plane and build it at the same time, Scott. So it's a very, very fluid situation. Alyssa Freeman has been with us. Alyssa PR. Alyssa, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. As always, Scott, thank you. 256, that is a wrap for the show. Thanks for tuning in. As always, greatly appreciated. Thanks to Will and Liz for producing today. Coming up next, it's the CHML Afternoon News. Next flight for us tomorrow, high noon. Till then, please keep right except to pass. And wear those masks, and wash those hands, and try to locate the PM, would you? The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.